You're listening to the Pimp Cron Podcast. Hey everybody, it is episode 91 of the Pimp Cron Warhammer Podcast. I am the host, Pimp Cron, and you probably already know that. You have tuned in to listen to Warhammer-related ramblings, and that is what you will get, my friends. Tonight, we have my friend Beastman on, and we are discussing the Lumineth, Lumineth Realm Lord's spooky invisible dude in armor, and uh, he's pretty cool. We, uh, we we talk about him in the Want That or Want That Not. I have a Tesseract mailbox where I am once again trolling spammers in email, and it is just it's just great fun for the whole family. It involves a curse. I actually put a curse on this one lady. And finally, we have Real Talk with the Pimpcron, where Beastman is with me once again, and we're discussing, is there an issue with having new players join Warhammer? Is Do they present a problem? Yes or no? So we discussed that. What have I been up to? Well, I gotta tell you, I'm so happy doing the Neutron Dance. I got the first prototype copy of the Brutality Skirmish Wargame rulebook in my hand, and it is gorgeous. Hardback, glossy, colors are beautiful. It is amazing in a 100% dream come true. Uh, the only minor issue is that it had a little bit of just a tiny, tiny white line in the bottom of the pages, which was entirely my fault. And I got to tell you, this trying to trying to format this in a PDF has been a freaking nightmare. I just want to let you know that. If you ever try to do anything full bleed, which full bleed means where the color goes to the edge of the paper, I got to tell you it's a real pain. So anyway, I'm super excited to have the rule book in my hand. I followed all the instructions properly for making the PDF and it's unfortunate that the instructions were slightly incorrect. So that is Something that I have been on a personal journey to figure out exactly what went wrong with this, and boy howdy have I struggled. But I finally figured it out on my own, and that is all solved. So I've ordered my second prototype copy, because after spending three years on this game, I 100% want it to be perfect. I want no issues, I want no errors. And this was just a minor error. It was um just a tiny, like a... Gosh, you could barely see it, but it drove me nuts. It was like a sixteenth of an inch white line in the bottom of the pages. And that just drove me nuts. But it's all solved now. I also have some YouTubers that will be reviewing the game, which I'm very excited about, around release time. And in hobby news, I have been working on my Elemental Army, which I think I've already told you about, where the... All of the elements of Earth are coming alive and making an army. It will be a Cities of Sigmar living living city army. And it will have some of my Sylvanath models in it as uh, allies or whatever. But the uh, I have rock people, I have water elementals, I have fire elementals. Really cool stuff. And I've been working on that quite a bit. So that is what I have been up to. We also, James and I, just James and I, over tabletop simulators started a campaign which was fun for 40k and that was um we're trying a new type of campaign system and it will probably end up in epic war planner volume two because i'm sure there will be a second one 
and it is so far really fun. So it is very flexible. You can use whatever armies you want, and it's just really fun. Very narrative, very fun, and we're trying to really, really emphasize on the narrative. So after listening to Dell talk about the Corvus Cluster last week, I was like, man, I want to do something like that. I want to have planets that have personalities and different factions run those planets and my own little sector of the galaxy, and that's what we've done. So very excited to see how that went. The very first mission was Dark Eldar, Dark Eldar trying to blow up synapse nodes for my Tyranids, and they failed miserably. Actually, it was like 18 to 15, something like that, but they still did lose. But the sole survivor of that game for his side was a Hellion, and that Hellion has now been upgraded to a Succubus, and she has earned that, you know, that rank for being the sole survivor and really holding her own in that mission. And, but she started out as a Hellion, so we decided, you know what, we're going to add the points for a Succubus and a Hellion together, and now she's a Succubus on a Skyboard with all of the benefits of both units. And that's very exciting. Not to mention, Epic War Planner Volume 1 has benefits and negatives for when your HQs win, uh, uh, I'm sorry, live or die, and both of ours lived. So I got an extra 3 inches to one of my Aura abilities as my Broodlord, Ul, leveled up. And what did he get? I forgot what he get. Oh, he uh, rerolls wounds for his person, for his character. So that's pretty nasty. So that is what we've been up to. And in addition to work and other things, thank you for listening to the podcast. And thank you to all my Patreon subscribers. I, I appreciate you so much. Let's get on with the show, shall we? Let's open the Tesseract mailbox. In this edition of the Tesseract Mailbox, I am once again trolling a spammer on email. <laughs> it's one of my favorite, favorite hobbies. I say Warhammer's my hobby. If I'm being completely honest, uh, trolling scammers would be my favorite hobby. So I'm not going to read this entire thing to you, but I got this email in the... I think it was the yeah it was the brutality skirmish war game email. It was not technically the Pimpcron Warhammer podcast email, but you know what? It counts, and I did something funny, so just just hear me out here. This person writes in. It's a uh, Miss Sharon apparently. It's a uh, dearest one in Lord. Uh, I find myself in financial problems. My health, you know. But my health, you might have know that cancer is not what to talk about at home. What? And I've been in the hospital for five months, and now I am married to this dude. He works for the Tunisian embassy, and he died, and they've got no children, and blah, blah, blah. So she's on her deathbed, and what she wants, apparently he has a greedy brother. Yes, the younger brother who ju- who is just after properties. Hmm. So this dude left $4.2 million uh, U.S. in a bank in Burkina, which I've never heard of, Burkina Faso, wherever that is. And the doctor says she doesn't have much time left, blah, blah, blah. The government wants to keep it, but if she can give it to me, I have to give half of the $4.2 million to a charity for orphans, and then I get to keep the other $2.1 million. 
So, um, his, her husband's family's wicked, blah, blah, blah. Okay, where does she mention God here? Okay, here it is. She decided to hand over this fund to a responsible person that have fear of God to take care of less privileged people with this fund. So, what I replied is, Hello, Sharon. I'd be happy to help you, but in full disclosure, I worship Satan, Prince of Darkness. Will this be a problem? <laughs> And this supposed Sharon person wrote back and said, What do you mean by worship devil? And then I replied, Well, you know, the prince of darkness, fallen angel. I'm still a good person with a mostly clean record, but you said God-fearing person, and I only worship the dark one, so I just wanted to let you know. She replies, I am sorry, darkness and light have nothing in common. <laughs> so, then I replied... A curse on you! Ut semper valere librisque vestros agros fratelles! You don't dare turn from the aid of darkness. My curse will come to pass. You will see! <laughs> so, what is it that my curse stated? Well, my curse was in Latin. I went to Google and I typed in May your children be healthy and your crops be fertile or something like that and your fields be fertile i typed in my curse and then converted it to latin using google translate and uh that was my curse and i said my curse will come to pass you will see and then lo and behold they never messaged me back it was really weird because i was all ready to help those orphans out but i mean i guess whatever uh, I knew that a lot of these people, they mention God a lot in these spam emails. And I just thought, hmm, I wonder if I say I'm a Satanist. Like, let's see if that changes anything or they're really going to... Uh, you know, that's actually kind of funny because they didn't know that I was messing with them necessarily. But their supposed religious faith kept them from taking my money anyway, because that's what they're going to do. They want my bank account to quote-unquote deposit it, and then they're going to clean it out or whatever. And it's kind of funny that they actually stopped um, trying to get my money because they thought I was a Satanist. So it's just kind of funny. Anyway, uh, may all of your children be healthy and your crops be fertile. That is my curse for this week, and I hope it comes to all of you. Want that? Or want that lot. Hey guys, I just wanted to take a little second and thank all of my wonderful Patreon patrons. We are a small group compared to a lot of other creators and things like that, but I greatly appreciate all of their support. We have the cutest gold trim scarab named Brendan that supports the show. Then we've got a bunch of funky warriors keeping it cool on the battlefield. We've got Mandy, LT, Nate, and Tom. Thank you so much. Then we move up to our badass cryptex, Colin, Andrew, Edward, and Shade. Shade's our newest member. Finally, we have the big boss. That's right. We have the mother flippin' lord, Mike. And that is the Pemkron Dynasty on Patreon. Thank you, as always, guys. Smooches!
In this edition of Want That or Want That Not, with the Pimpcron and the Beastman, we are talking about the Light of Altherion. Altherion, I guess. These names are hard, aren't they? Yeah, they really uh, put you through your paces on that. Uh, I, I think it's Altherion, but it's, I don't know. It's Altherion <laughs> of Yvresi? Yvres? Really? I don't even... Oh, I see. I just have the picture up. <laughs> Um, yeah, it says that um, uh, in the world that was, Eltherion of Yvres was the perfect blend between supernatural war- warrior and mage. So, okay. what does this model look like? What are we looking at here, Beastman? Man, we are looking at a basically a, a floating suit of ivory-colored armor. It's beautiful. Yeah. it's uh, There's nothing else like it <laughs> uh i mean i guess the closest thing you could say to that would be uh a night haunt model just because they're kind of you know spirit like a weightless mm-hmm. spirit but this really takes the cake though i mean this this one is even more like ethereal looking in the sense that it's like the his his one arm because he's, he's wielding dual swords here but the one with the smaller sword, his arm, if you look up near where his arm would meet his body, it's, you see his cape instead of it. Meeting. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. They've done a really good job with this. This reminds me of some of the old models I've seen of, uh, I, I don't know exactly what you would call it, but it's like a rogue, but an invisible man where he's wearing like a cape. And, and I have this old model from from some old company, and uh, I've always thought it was really cool. And this is basically it. Picture a person wearing armor, but anywhere you would see the person, there's emptiness. There's nothing. Right. And that's pretty cool. I especially like his, when you're looking at the model head on, his left leg is the same way as that arm you just described. Oh, where yeah, I just noticed that. Where it's not touching. Is that, yeah, what, is that not? You know what? That might not be. I wonder when... I have to buy this just to build it and see how it happens. Because it's like, just out of curiosity, is that leg not... That leg could just be glued to the it stone is. and not attached to the rest of the model. Correct. Which is it's such a simple solution, but I didn't think of it, so it's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and to help, instead of just having him on the one foot, you'll notice the the grain stalks help hold up his, his dick tabard, as I like to say. <laughs> yeah, they've got... Yeah, like the... The uh, the like wheat grain whatever yeah kind of blowing there attached to the wiener tavern tested tavern <laughs> tavern. <laughs> so yeah. uh, I think this model is awesome. It's got a really cool effect to it. It's got a lot of motion to it. His cape and his ribbons and all that are fluttering in the air. What do you think all about right. that giant helmet? Yeah, I, this and this is where people are really kind of stuck, and you hear a lot of negative about this. You know, it's it's been out there for a while because you know nothing's getting shipped out and things are kind of in a hold right now. So there's been plenty of time for people to complain about the helmets. I, I mean, I for one, I don't dislike this helmet at all. I mean, people talk about the from a practical standpoint, like oh, he couldn't even get through a door and all this stuff, and it's like who gives a shit? Like, it's, <laughs> it's a <laughs> it's a model for a game. Like I don't care about like the actual functionality of it i mean i think it it's it's pretty damn cool i mean it's it's always got like gems or something in it and uh it's in the middle there mm-hmm. is, is that like a it almost looks like a bird head or something I it don't is know. it is, is like a bird, bird head? head it's kind of like a 
Oh, I just did put that all together. That's it's like wings on the side and a head in the middle. Yeah, that's almost pretty like cool. A, almost like a like a phoenix or a or a what do you call it a uh, oh man I forget the uh, the name of the bird. I don't remember the the real colorful. Um, oh, peacock. Peacock. There we go. Jeez. Now so. you also notice that he's got some other iconography of birds. Look on his chest there. He's got like a gem and there's a bird in it. Oh uh, yeah. There's yeah. And this maybe a second bird. Yeah, underneath of it, there's this, it's actually there's tons of symbols. Each one of his like his leg arm, the armor on his legs, up around the knees, the left and right have different symbols. One is looks like oh. a crescent moon, and one looks like a sun. Yeah, actually, they said that his two different swords on here, it says that, um, uh, hold on a second, of the two blades he wields, one is dedicated to each of the twin gods. His longer sword displays a fiery rune running the length of its blade, and mm-hmm. he has matching scabbard bearing the rune of the su- sun spirit. By contrast, his short sword and scabbard bear the mark of Teclas. Even the knee pads of his spirit-animated armor show the dual symbols of the Haitian Hi- gods. I mean... Okay. The more I read about this, the more I like it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they've really thought... I know people are really stuck on the cow stuff, like on the other models with the big, like, horns and, like, the, the big model that looks like a big, like, steer cow type thing. Bull. Yeah. And people are all like, oh, it's so terrible. Like, what the hell are they doing? And dwarves, or, uh, dwarves carry hammers, not elves and all. I'm like, like do you just, if you want everything just to be the same and traditional, then, God, why bother? Okay, um, the whole... The whole dwarves carry hammers things is just stupid. It's just yeah, dumb. Yeah, I'm like, they're like, elves can't carry war hammer, you know, carry hammers. Like, that's not, you know, that's for, they are supposed to be like, yeah, swords and daggers and uh, and bow and arrow. And like, I think an elf can fight with whatever the hell he wants to. I mean. <laughs> I agree. I think the only real response to that that would be legitimate would be like, whatever, nerd. <laughs> like, I feel <laughs> like cares? that's the only answer. If it's, yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a kind of person. If it's like, if I see something, if it's cool, it's cool. Like, if it looks cool, I mean, I mean, ultimately, you, you build it, you paint it up to look nice, you put it on the table, looking good. If it looks, it's a cool factor. If it looks cool, it looks cool. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And mm-hmm. for, for me, these models, this model, and the whole what they've shown, I'm, I, uh, I love. Something that really strikes me too is this, this ivory armor that you talked mm-hmm. about now obviously it's a paint job and you'd have to be able to replicate it but it's beautiful it's very right. very nice looking yeah it looks great um it's, there's a lot of simplicity in the in the in the models as far as like the color goes mm-hmm. um but it just leaves everything it looks kind of clean and, and polished and and nice it's like it's like ornate without being flashy yeah yeah it's uh. it's um it's I, I really specifically I really do like this model. So obviously it is a want that for me. Is that a want that for you, Mr. Beastman? Oh yeah, it's a hell of a lot of want that. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like this guy, the um Eltherion, he is like a named character, so unfortunately I guess you won't be able to have more than one of him. No. Just one, but man, it'd be tempting to have a bunch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's he's really cool. I definitely think people should go out and get this model. Um, and now, of course, we'll be discussing other units from the uh, Lumineth Realm Lords, you know, at another time. But this one in particular really strikes me. 
And the only thing that I could see someone doing that would make this, you know, if, if they really hate the headdress, just cut the wings off or cut the bird head off. Like, just right. modify it if you have to, you know? Yeah, there's, I mean, head bits are a dime a dozen and if you've been in the hobby long enough. So, it's, yeah, put, put something different on it, some kind of different head, you know? It's bits galore out there, so uh, I, wonder, I think it's great. I wonder how interesting it would look if you didn't put the helmet on at all. Just he's had just no headless. Head. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because he's already, you know, he's already invisible as it is. It might look right. kind of neat to have just a a hole in his armor where his neck should be. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about negative space or whatever in a model. That would be the the ultimate negative <laughs> negative space or whatever they call it. Like, yeah. Man. <laughs> I'm noticing so, so many details on this thing. This model is, man, it's cool. It's one of the cooler. I think one of the cooler models I've ever looked at that they've made. It's just it's so and, neat. And to make him look like he's invisible like that, like we said, having the foot and the shin glued to the rock and literally not touching the model to give it that, that you know, whatever, that effect. That's yeah, really yeah. cool. It is. There's a lot of a lot of thought went into it. All the the everything that's blowing in the wind is kind of going in the same direction. It's got like it's got motion to it. It's got brings it to life. Well, that is a want that and a want that for the Beast Man and for Pimp Crown. Thanks for being on Beast Man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Now it's time for real talk with Pimp Crown. Hey everybody, it's Real Talk with the Pimp Cron, and today I am joined with Beast Man. How's it going, Beast Man? Hey, good. How are you, Pimp Cron? <laughs> you don't sound very <laughs> excited. <laughs> I, I, oh man, I got these noise canceling headphones. They really they mess with the intonation of my voice. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah. Uh, you're gonna be asleep by the by the end of it. You're like, oh my god. <laughs> It's like one of those sleep, uh, no, no, noise, noise de- deprivation chambers where you're like floating yeah. water. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of weird. I might take them off. Well, tonight we wanted to discuss uh, what the effects of new players could be in Warhammer. And is it a bad thing? Is it a good thing? Should it be something that you're worried about? So a while ago, I had a friend of mine say that he was a little concerned with now that you know, Warhammer's in all these stores now, and they've got Warhammer Monopoly and Warhammer uh, Funko Pops, mm-hmm. and there's been several things. Warhammer Shoes, I know they have. They have and, shoes? Yeah, they've got, it's like Skechers or, or um, no, no, Converse, I think it is. Okay. Uh, they, they have, like, custom shoes you can order with prints of your huh. army. They also <laughs> make uh, tights, like for like spandex tights that look like a space marine greaves or corn or whatever yeah <laughs> they're slowly, I'm gonna, start, what, I'm gonna start wearing those out and just go places like <laughs> with i'll have like my have my mask on and like uh you know some space marine leggings out to the grocery store <laughs> <laughs> and your six inch heels yeah, six inch heels. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> uh, there was also something they just released. Oh, uh, Bandai is making those Space Marine action figures and model kits. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah, like the, yeah, those. Um, look, those do look cool. Yeah, they've only made the Ultramarine right now, but it's it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, man, what is that? Whole, what is that whole scene called with the, the you know the models? But it's a lot of Bandai. Um, the Gundam stuff. 
Yeah, Gundam, yeah. That is some pretty impressive-looking stuff. And uh, there was something just the other day I heard. The GW was teaming up with some other thing to make it more in the mainstream. But whatever, you get the point. Yeah. And um, oh, they've, they've put out um, like they've put out some some fiction uh, that's geared towards young kids too. Oh yeah, Warhammer yeah. Tales or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's it's, um, I don't know if they're just doing 40k based stuff or doing 40k and AOS, but yeah, they're doing it's like yeah more fiction like they already do, but it geared towards a younger audience. It was interesting try to get them while they're young. I just wonder if that translates into them getting to the hobby now or later or what. I don't know, because almost actually every single person I know got into it as, as an adult. Uh, there's yeah, a few yeah. that I've spoken to, like through Shorehammer and whatnot, where they did get into it as a kid, but not many. So Yeah, I mean, I was 35 or something. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, crazy. So I had a friend that was discussing with me. He was concerned about all these people getting into the hobby because especially young people getting into it because he explained that he used to play a first person shooter online and it was call of duty or one of those. And everybody was like pretty serious about it, pretty skilled. They knew what they were doing. You know, they, they actually played the game. Right. And then all these children would get the game for Christmas. And then all of a sudden you get all these, you know, I pwned you, huh, noob, all the, <laughs> all the bullshit that you hear from right. children. They- they set out this respawn site that somehow they know, and then they just sit there and wait and just keep shooting you as soon as you respawn and all that dumb stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and that's, that's just, you know, it's not fun for adults <laughs> to be no. around that. <laughs> so, um, what are your thoughts on this? Do you think there's any sort of threat for having new players, especially younger people in our hobby? Uh, I can't see any reason to be worried about that. I mean, I'm always happy to see new people join our local group. I mean, we don't, we, we, we have enough people, but not, not a ton. It'd be nice to have a bigger community, you know, and grow the community. So I, I can't see, I can't see the negatives of new people or younger people joining in. Uh, I mean, particularly, I mean, it would be a case by case basis. Cause of course, like sometimes you get jerks or whatever, but that's with anything that doesn't, yeah. it's not just because of this. Right, yeah, they could be nineteen or or fifty seven. I mean, you can be a, 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 <laughs> you could be a jerk at any age. So yeah, it's like, yeah, I don't. Oh, I, you you could say that for anybody. Only if you believe in yourself can you be a jerk at any age. It's never too late to be a jerk, Josh. <laughs> so um, anyway, so yeah, that that's just a case by case basis. And I guess I suppose being that we're in the nerdy economy or the nerdy community. That right. there is probably a higher percentage of people that are socially awkward or smelly mm-hmm. or whatever. Yep. <laughs> uh, we're we're lucky that we don't have any smelly people in our group. Like, there's yeah. nobody that just stinks up the room. Yeah, there are no smelly people. That's that's definitely good because because that would that right, closed up space, especially when when it's hot out. That could be bad <laughs> for our group. <laughs> we had a guy for um. When I in my Heroclix group, when I was playing Heroclix, he it was uh, he just had really smelly feet. It was like his shoes need to be like thrown out or something. It was bad. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> that's fun. It, it yeah. comes. I was gonna say the fumes come creeping up underneath the table at you. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, not good. <laughs> mm. Anybody ever say anything to him about it? I don't think so. You know, it took me a long time to figure it out because it was 
it was it was a it wasn't like body odor and i'm like why do i keep you know it's like did somebody like did somebody's dog like take a crap on the carpet in here or something and (laughs) (laughs) but eventually i figured out it was this guy's like shoes yeah is is someone grilling salmon in here (laughs) (laughs) calamari there's a sushi chef in here i think leftover egg rolls (laughs) underneath the table or something i don't know (laughs) well so like I said, besides the the normal issues you run into with new players, because they could be jerks, they could be whatever. But right. by and large, I don't really see any issue with new players. I mean, what are some of the mm-hmm. positives of bringing new people into the hobby? I mean, there's there's a lot of positives as far as you know, growing your group, um, getting new people in there, uh, kind of gives you more options on who to play and what armies to put, play. You know, if they're if they're playing stuff that's different, you know, it's always fun to play. Uh, different factions and things you don't want to play the same people in the same like lists over and over again so i think that's just Mm -hmm. the variety of it helps you know especially for our aos group is much smaller than our 40k group so it's nice to anytime we get a a different person in, it's nice because it's just yeah somebody different rather than the same handful of people so i think that's that's probably the biggest advantage um it always helps me too if somebody's new to the to the group and they're new to the game Help helping somebody learn the game helps me get better at, at playing. I find so. Yeah, a lot of times if you have to like sometimes when I'm working through a problem and actually my wife just did this last night. She was telling me about some issues she had at work and she was trying to work through it, what she should she should do. Right. And it helps you to explain it to somebody else. And that it helps does. you to wrap your mind around it. You know. Yeah, I'll remember like some rules things. I'll remember some little things that I kind of gone by the wayside that i'd forgotten a little bit about i'm like oh yeah that is a command ability that you can send a <laughs> command point on you know i'll kind of remember some things as i'm explaining so or to help me i'll look so i won't be 100 percent sure on something i'll look it up and kind of get more clarification on something i wasn't aware of so yeah i think those are those are definitely big advantages or you've been used to playing night haunt and you're like oh shit yeah there is such thing as rend yeah that oh, yeah. actually affects other armies <laughs> rend how about that i mean i can't just move through everything man <laughs> this game Rolled. sucks this game is this dumb game. i'm not taking mortal wounds <laughs> screw this <laughs> so uh, yeah you're right in addition to adding to the community and things like that and um getting you know fresh blood in there hopefully they'll pick a different army than other people have been using um i think also like what about your store that they're bringing in new money hopefully and you know like people like me that have been in the hobby a long time i'm not buying nearly at the rate of a new person right because i mean I might need a unit here or there, but I don't need a whole army's worth of units. So it's uh, kind of nice when there's someone coming in new to the store because they mm-hmm. will hopefully support the local store. And, right. you know, that keeps their doors open and, and all of that. It's good for the local community, good for the for the local store. And um, you said people come and go, you know, for better or for worse sometimes. So it's always good to have have maybe more people than you could fit in your gaming area on most nights because you know if you lose people then you've got people to kind of fill in because I've, I've seen gaming groups just dwindle down from a dozen to nothing or you know so it's yeah it's good to not have to worry about that either well we had a big discussion uh we had a big powwow a couple of years ago before this was when um for our listeners that have listened to the show before this is when this is before you started 
And this okay. was when we were store number two. The store owner found out about crack cocaine, so he he really <laughs> ate that stuff up. So <laughs> store two no, number two, yeah, it's it's like a I don't know kid tested mother approved. So <laughs> he found out about crack. So <laughs> so the store store number two ended up closing. And we had to have like a powwow to figure out, okay, what are we going to do? There's no other stores in our area, blah, blah, blah. Eventually, we found out about store number three. And then eventually, we came to the, our current store, which is store number four for our group. But uh, we had a powwow, and people are like, well, you know, we could take turns playing at each other's houses each each week. You know, you play at my house. You know, like all 10 people come to my house, and then all 10 all right. people come to yours and all that. Um, then there was another thing, like someone's like, oh, well, I'm part of a church. So, you know, we could, they would rent us out or, or whatever, let us use their mess hall or whatever. And we could do it like that. And they had several different suggestions, you know, a fire hall or a church or whatever. Mm-hmm. Libraries sometimes <laughs> let groups come in. Oh, they will, you know. I don't know about right. Warhammer, but they'll let like a knitting group in or whatever. And, right. but my problem with it was, is I said, okay, this is all well and good. This could potentially, if we can't find another store, this could be a stopgap measure as far as yes we can continue to play with each other in a group that's great but there is zero chance you've completely turned the spigot off with new players coming in Mm -hmm. because there's no exposure if you're playing in someone's basement somewhere there's no one ever going to join your group yeah and (laughs) like like you just mentioned as people slowly as the attrition takes hold and life and family and all that gets in the way over the years you're going to slowly be bleeding members and not gaining any new members Mm -hmm. so you're completely i completely agree with you you need these new members kind of as a buffer to make sure that your community survives because inevitably you'll be losing some people at some point yeah it's like the the young people we have in our group some of them are great some of them are okay some of them might are are eh, but it's like you know, that's what you're going to get. That's what you're going to get with with older people, too. And it's, so it's like you said, it kind of you're going to you're going to lose people as they venture out or get older or whatever. So but yeah. And plus, you know, having it in a storefront or something like that, the visibility you talk about is important. I never thought about that. But that's I mean, that's how I was exposed to Warhammer in the first place was going into a local place where it was being played. I was already mm-hmm. going in there, but I was like. As my as my hero clips hero clicks group faded out, it was like, well, what do I want to, you know, what do I want to transition to? You know, I don't want to just stop altogether, like I'm done coming here. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's kind of that's kind of what happened for me. And without that, I doubt I would ever would have picked it up. Honestly, why, why? Where else would I have been exposed to it? You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And wow. uh, JD has mentioned the store owner of our current store has mentioned several times that, um, oh, yeah, this guy came in and he's new to the area. Or uh, our store is in a college town, so you occasionally you get college mm-hmm. kids, and they'll be like, hey, do you guys play Warhammer here at this comic store? And then he's like, oh, yeah, on Wednesday night, they blah, blah, blah. And, you know, so it's it's nice because you our group does not have to currently be there at the store for us to mm-hmm. still have access to an influx of new people. Right. You know? Yep. So... Um, also I always feel the, the more people in your group, the more stable the group is and the more of an asset your group is to the store as far as right. bringing in money. Mm-hmm. So I always feel obligated to, I buy stuff from the store. 
um, kind of whether I need it or not, about twice a month. Like every other time, I'll buy something. Right, and sometimes it's a... Yeah, sometimes it's a $60 box of something. Sometimes it's a set of dice. But I'm going to buy something to mm-hmm. you know support the store. And the more people that we have supporting the store not only takes more pressure off each individual player because you don't have to spend money every single week um, to support your store, but also that makes us more valuable and we have more favor with the store. So like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say any specifics, but occasionally I have heard in the past store owners griping about one group or another and like a group never even spends money. They just come here Mm -hmm. and they play, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh or whatever, and they never <laughs> buy a single thing <laughs> from our store. Use, use the use the free internet, free Wi-Fi. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. And um, and that's just that's rude. Number one, but also mm-hmm. it makes you out of favor with the store. Right. So our store is big enough. I mean, our group is big enough, and we spend enough money with the store that when I go, hey, can I reserve? You know, all of upstairs to do a tournament. He's to- he's like, oh, sure, fine, whatever. And they totally. I mean, they'll open up at special hours for us or right. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, I mean, yeah. ultimately, they are a business, so they want to make money. <laughs> yeah, that's the reason. That's the reason to keep the doors open, I guess. But the uh, um. I would say we're probably the behind Magic, probably the second money maker in there for the store. I'd imagine. Yeah, they they have a Pokemon group, but I don't think it's very big. They have a Yu Gi Oh group, which I don't think is very big. And their Dungeons and Dragons people. I mean, uh, the problem with that is, sure, you might each player buys a player's handbook or whatever, but mm-hmm. you're not going to continuously buy stuff. Yeah, they might come in there and yeah, buy a book and, and or buy some dice or something, and then uh, maybe buy a mini or something. But then yeah, you won't see them again for uh, who knows how long. <laughs> so yeah, they, yeah. there used to be when I first started going in there, people would there would be people in there playing D and D, and now I don't think anybody actually plays D and D in store. I don't think. Um. Well, I mean, besides the whole situation that's going right now, but they, I think. They did have some. I mean, obviously nobody plays the store right now. But, right, uh, right at the time when, they were, when things were when the world was normal. In the yeah, land that was. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> uh, there were a couple groups. I don't know what days or nights they met, but there were a couple groups that still did. So. Okay. Because they would use our same area on some of the uh, night that we weren't okay. there. Yeah, but so they could get some privacy upstairs because yeah, downstairs it's too loud. There's no privacy. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So, okay. so to to recap this, like the reasons why good player uh, new players are good for this hobby would be that they bring in new money, they bring mm-hmm. in fre- fresh blood. Hopefully, I meant for the sacrifices, fresh blood for the sacrifices. Yes, um, yes, for corn. The, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the um, they hopefully will have a different army or maybe even just a different play style of an existing army mm-hmm. that your group already has. And they help support your store and make your group even more valuable to your store. Um, those are, I think, the pretty much key points. Do you have anything else to add as far as, you know, why someone should not be worried about new players joining their hobby? Uh, no, it just it strikes me. I don't have anything new to add. It just strikes me as odd that do, people do feel that way because uh it's kind of you if you you know you love it it's proof that 
more people is is proof that what you're doing is something fun and and, and neat and, and enjoyable that other people sh- would also enjoy so it's kind of like it's strange but i guess that's kind of nerd culture when you really yeah. think about it <laughs> it's all it's yeah. cool until it, it's cool until everybody else thinks it's cool and then it's not cool anymore well i know i've told this anecdote before but uh i don't know if i've told it to you this um i used to be known as like the spider-man guy in high school and this is before the first spider-man movie so i always Mm -hmm. had um i went out of my way to find the few spider-man shirts they had t-shirts or whatever and and people knew i liked comic books and people knew that i liked spider-man Right, and I was never really made fun of it or whatever. This was in high school. I was never really made fun of it, but it was clearly the only person wearing a Spider-Man shirt. And, and <laughs> then the first Tobey Maguire movie came out, and then oh, suddenly everybody was wearing Spider-Man shirts, and everybody loved it. And I can't help but I did at the time feel like, wait a second, <laughs> like, right? You know, That'd I be... liked it from the get-go. Yeah. Yeah, I'm an I'm a Spider-Man OG. What what the hell? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you like I said, I was never really bullied for it or anything like that. But you do know that people would look at it funny, like oh, Spider-Man, oh, totally. that's weird. Yeah, I I say I say all the time to like fr- friends from high school and even to my wife. I'm like, man, I'm jealous of like younger people in in school now, even high school kids and stuff. And like like nerd culture has become so it's become pop culture and become popular and cool with you know with the marvel movies and everything you know it's everywhere and it's like man when i was this stuff was like even dnd's become so popular you see articles about it in like newspapers and why it's good for kids and all this kind of stuff i'm like man this stuff was was like shoved to the extreme corner dark corners of the of society when i was when i was these kids age they're so lucky yeah <laughs> like you had yeah. like i didn't tell when i was playing D in middle school and and, and the beginning of high school i didn't tell anybody like nobody knew i played dnd <laughs> i'm like if this if this gets like it was like this is gonna ruin my this uh, gets out <laughs> yeah it's gonna like ruin my social standing or something like so yeah it's um it was kind of in the margins the dark margins <laughs> that's so, funny not anymore you know there is one more good thing about new people joining the hobby and that is that they bring in more money for gw because every i mean of course gw is a greedy corporation they all are but if you like the stuff that gw does then you would probably like more of things that gw can do and josh i got a question for you do you know how companies are able to do more of what you already like Uh, no (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if they make more money and they have more money to spend, they can make more of what you enjoy. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's why that. you rarely see a sequel to a flop, <laughs> you know? Right. But the sequel so, usually sucks. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's when it that's when it falls. <laughs> but at least you got the one good movie. And yeah. uh but uh, I think I think that's kind of dismissed sometimes. It's kind of undermined because people don't realize that the more people in this hobby, the more money the company has and the more money the company mm-hmm. has, of course they're they're not going to be satisfied with just staying the way they are. They want to expand and expand. So well, just, you can just in the the few years I've been playing, I I mean the the amount of armies they've put out and like full on new armies they've put out is is quite a bit and and the 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 accelerated manner in which they've come out it was when i first started playing it was like one a year and then two and it's like now they're pumping stuff out left and right like wow 
It's and that's like that's every two sp- weeks. <laughs> it's something crazy. It's got to be. I mean, that's got to speak to the popularity of the game. They wouldn't keep. It's one thing to add some new units to an existing army or faction. It's another thing to pump out brand new uh, codexes and uh, battle tones and new models, brand new. You know, that's because that's space in their factory that they've got to take up with molds and packaging and you know a whole new whole new line. Yeah. So I mean, I think that alone speaks to the success they're having and the popularity of of the game. So gives us more so options. If you- if you can get more people in the game and they spend more money, you're supporting your community, you're supporting your store, and you're supporting the game that you already like. So you should recruit, get dig your claws into <laughs> your friends and hook them with Warhammer and bring them into the fold. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wonder how I could do man, I don't know. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> the problem is, Josh, you don't have friends. That's the that's, problem. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I wasn't going to say it, but yeah. <laughs> well, the it's problem my... is you got to have it. All right, listen. You at least have to have <laughs> one person that likes you. Okay. <laughs> well, my wife likes me, but I don't think she's made it very clear she won't play Warhammer. So. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she's more on the scale of tolerating you. I think yeah, that's that. It's Aren't you an organ donor? I am an organ donor. It's true. And aren't you guys the same blood type? Same blood. <laughs> yes. Double O negative. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, thank you for being on. I appreciate it. And uh, thanks for jibber jabbering with me about new players. Absolutely. Glad, glad to be on. Thanks for having me.